Hi, I'm Sam Walsh, producer of Multisite Masters. Welcome to this week's show. Don't forget, you can also now find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher Radio. And if you enjoy our show, we'd love it if you could please leave us a review via iTunes. This episode is brought to you by Yapster, the mobile chat app for retail and hospitality teams. Yapster is designed to bring the benefits of fast, open communication to staff who rarely, if ever, have access to a desktop computer, especially those in frontline service roles. Unlike WhatsApp and other free-to-use platforms, Yapster is under the full control of customers and allows colleagues to interact in a secure, closed environment. It also integrates with your existing systems. Some of the UK's biggest retail and hospitality brands are already using Yapster to drive sales, improve job satisfaction and lower staff turnover. To find out more about how Yapster can help your organisation, please visit yapster.info. That's Y-A-P-S-T-E-R dot info. Now, I'm delighted to introduce our host for this week, Jane Sunley. Jane is founder and chair of HR consultancy Purple Cubed which advises some of the best-known names in retail, hospitality and beyond on just how they can harness technology to improve employee engagement. She is also the author of The People Formula, 12 Steps to Productive, Profitable, Performing Business, a book which will show you just how to harness simple, powerful and easy-to-apply business solutions to significantly enhance your business's reputation and boost both performance and profitability. You can contact the Purple Cube team via hello at purplecube.com or through their website purplecubed.com. That's purple as in the colour, C-U-B-E-D, all one word, dot com. Okay then, on to the show. This week Jane is talking to Rustin Toms, founding director at Blue Apple Catering. Rustin talks us through his fantastic career to date, starting out as a chef working for some fantastic brands and great people all the way through to today, where he now finds himself as a founding director of his own contract catering firm, Blue Apple. Over a 19-year history, Blue Apple has grown into a business, turning over nearly 15 million a year, while employing around 350 people across some 60 sites. During the interview, Rustin shares with us some of the things that have made Blue Apple such a success, some of the challenges they face in the modern market, and how his teams continue to attract the top talent and keep things fresh. Rustin goes on to emphasise and explore the role of relationships in a business like his, the mentors and industry leaders who have influenced him, and the key character traits you need to have to be successful in the hospitality sector. Over to you, Jane. So, Rustin Toms, welcome to the show. Today we're sitting in the Purple Cube Values Garden, about to do our podcast with you as founding director of Blue Apple Catering. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Jane. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Could you perhaps start just by giving us a bit of a whirlwind tour of your career to date? Because it's always interesting to know how people got yeah. from A to yeah. Z, really. Um, well, I come from a craft background, so I trained as a chef. And um, my first uh, job was at Penny Hall Park in Bagshire. Mm-hmm. Which is quite mm, a, yeah, a nice small well hotel. Famous, I think, because the England rugby team based themselves there. And then I um, took a part-time day release course at Westminster College in London, um, which I did for four years. Um, and then 
my career sort of stemmed from there, really, and uh, went to different hotels, sort of coffee house hotels, and then um, then went into catering management. So I joined um, what is now Sodexo, yes, and was a catering manager. And I think that's what turned me from a sort of chef to, to manager. And I was the catering manager at uh, what was Eagle Star Insurance, which was in oh, Sutton, yes. sorry, um, which is probably part of Zurich or something now. No doubt. Um, but it was handy for me because um, it was right next to Kenley, their management training centre. Oh, yes, I remember it well. Um, which Very was... luxurious facility. Well, it was superb. And yeah. um, a really good, um, you know, tra- training facility. So every time... There was a course, and maybe there were vacancies. They would ring me up because they knew I was only down the road, and I was like, "Me, me, me! Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take that course and do the training." So I think, with hindsight, that turned me from a chef into a manager, and and then there was sort of no, no looking back. And then I went and worked for Town and County, and so I um, then got exposed to more sort of retail staff catering. So. I, um, was on the management team at Terminal 3 at Heathrow Airport, then Terminal Ooh, 4, okay. um, uh, Scion Park, where I did weddings after wedding after wedding every weekend. Um, and then I ended up um, making a move into business development with a small independent contract caterer based in Slough, which was called ACMS. Mm-hmm. Um, then they were acquired. Um, then I ended up in business development with um, a rent-a-car group company, which was initial catering. And that's when I met Brian Allenton, who's my current uh, business partner. And um, I was 34, he was 35, and mm. we left and started Blue Apple in 1998. Wow. So, so almost 20 ago. years yeah, then. Yeah. Wow. So tell us a bit about Blue Apple. Um, Blue Apple's... Um, a small independent food service management business. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as a, a, a boutique type caterer. Um, we're coming up to 15 million turnover and wow. 60 sites and about 350 employees now. So um, some might say that we're a medium sized business, but we still think we're small still and beautiful. Small. Yeah. Um, I think because both the founders of the business are trained chefs, Brian also has a very similar background to me. It's very much about the food yes. and the quality of the service, um, which is important um, to us. And so I think we, over the last, um, coming up to 19 years, we've carved ourselves quite a nice niche as a you know, high-quality independent uh, caterer, which appeals to lots of business and industry clients. So we only have business and industry clients. We, don't, we haven't gone into education or healthcare or, or anything like that. And mm. we've... You know, being very successful, we, we've continued to grow over the years um, at probably a rate of 4 or 5% per annum. Um, we made a small acquisition in October 2009 wow. um, at a, a business that went into administration. And that leapfrogged us into sort of the Midlands area and extended our sort of area of operation. Right. So now we, we, we go up actually as far as North Yorkshire, uh, down to the south coast, oh, okay. Ipswich, and, and even into the City of London, we picked up our first lawyers um, just a few weeks ago. Oh, well so. done. Once you get one, you get a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the theory anyway. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know much about contract catering because it's a bit of a, a hidden sector of hospitality. Yeah. So how does it work for the people who don't know? Um, it, it's 
it is behind closed doors, but I think the thing that attracts lots of people, especially chefs to contract catering, is you, you work nine to five generally, yes, yes. Monday to Friday. And, and I remember, you know, that's why I made the, the change when I was younger, is that I was working in hotels and restaurants, and it seemed like every time everyone else was out to play, you were working really hard yeah. on weekends and Christmas and that. So I think that's the major attraction to people, yeah. for people. Um, you're usually working in really nice environments, lots of corporate clients create really nice you know, restaurants and cafes and really well equipped kitchens, so it's a really nice environment to work in. And the food standards are as good, in my opinion, as the high street. Um, uh, not just Blue Apple, but lots of yeah. uh, independent yeah. contract caterers yeah. who are producing some really, really good food. But that's because we have to, because that's what the customer well, exactly. um, They're very demands. Yeah. And if you've got them day in, day out, you've got to keep the variety there. And Absolutely. The yeah. Yeah. It's even more important because they don't, you have a captive audience, so they've got yeah. nowhere else to go. Yeah. So uh, I was having exactly this conversation with a catering consultant at lunchtime today in that you've got to keep it fresh and alive and changing all the time, otherwise people won't um, eat in there. Is that how you keep them from going across the road to press or something? Or? Yeah, I think um, that's our constant uh, challenge, is to stay at least up to the high street, even if not be, you know, uh, anticipating trends. So I think you know, the trend now is um, not necessarily for a you know, in lunch at lunchtime, people tend to graze these days. They want nutritionally balanced meals, yeah. far more health conscious than they ever used to be. Um, so, uh, you know, the government, for example, have a, a target of 20% reduction in sugar by 2020. So, um, lots of the food manufacturers are having to reformulate recipes, reduce, you know, sugar and soft drinks, yeah. otherwise they'll pay the sugar tax. And food services having to do the same. So, yeah. that's what we're talking to our chefs at the moment about how to reformulate recipes to make it healthier um, for people and, that, and that's what people want when they're at work the the, the challenge is trying to balance so um, what they're prepared to pay at work as opposed yes. to when they go out to eat maybe on a Friday or Saturday night and I think um, employees um, still like the fact that their you know lunchtime at, at, in the workplace is good value for money yes and of they, course and so that's a challenge for us to, to Try and produce really good quality food that's nutritionally balanced and healthy at a price and make that profit yeah. and make a profit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Difficult. You mentioned chefs there. Everybody seems to have a real difficulty about attracting chefs and keeping chefs. And have you got a formula for doing that at all? Um, it's a perennial challenge. Um, the um, skills of chefs, um, I think, recently has improved. Um, I think it's probably easier for us than some other companies because we're still a fairly small business. We still have that family feel and a really strong, you know, we're all in this together culture. Yeah. So we have lots of people that have joined us, you know, been with us for, you know, a decade or, or more, yeah. which is fantastic. And we've had people who have started with chefs who have come through the ranks. And we usually get people applying for jobs with us speculatively because they hear a Blue Apple and think, well, they're a, a nice business, boutique food service with, business, cool with an emphasis <laughs> on, on food and yeah. quality. So yeah. we get lots of um, emails every day from, 
from young chefs who, who, who want to join this. So, um, but then it's the retention. So, of course. you know, I always um, worry that because maybe we're not expanding as quickly as we could be, we're not providing the career opportunities mm. for people. So, um, you know, but we've, we've had chefs who have joined us, left us, come back again. And that's the, brought the mates with them. The circle yeah. of life, yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Excellent, brilliant. Okay, so how do you, when you've got all of these small sites, I mean, maybe I guess some of them have just got two or three people in, mm. how do you keep all the standards up and the consistency and keep everybody mm. up there when you've got so many mm. multi-sites? Mm. Um, a recent innovation that's maybe, you know, 18 months old is that we, we're using social media a lot now. So we use Yammer, which yes. is a social media well. platform, yes. which... Um, Everyone sharing best practice every day. Uh, you know, there were some pictures I was looking at this lunchtime. There's some fantastic food that's, that's being served in our, our establishment. So that's a fantastic way to share knowledge. Yes. Um, they share recipes with each other, food presentation. And it also creates a little bit of healthy competition as well because everyone wants to try and do better than the next person. So yeah. it's race standard. So our clients like that as well. So yeah. we share the, the Yammer posts with our clients and they see see what's happening. And there's obviously the, what I call corporate standard measurements that we use. So we have a quality audit where we, which we link to, called Symbiant, which we link to iPads. So the operations manager can go around and, you know, make sure that all of our units are conforming to food safety yeah. and health and safety. And they'll record good and bad practice and evidence it with photographs, right. which is quite a nice way to um, monitor the business. So, yeah. that's, so that's you've got good clear things that you measure and everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. And then, I mean, in terms of the teams, I mean, we will have, you know, very regular meetings at regional level within groups, so the operations team will meet with their their you know catering managers and chefs mm -hmm. and chef managers at least one, once a month and then we'll have company meetings. Um, I went and played indoor golf with the sales and marketing team a couple of weeks ago nice. in, 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 in the city but it was great fun because I got to meet and talk to lots of people at, at head office who I don't normally have much contact with but in, in the social environment. So and you know every year we have you know an annual awards dinner um, we're, we're big on praise and, um, you know, we're, with our team. So we have lots of awards for lots of different aspects of the business. And one of our chef managers won a Katie uh, last year. Congratulations, so that was great. That was fantastic. So, and, yeah. But it was motivational for the entire team, not just yeah. the chap who won it. Well, it's quite a thing. I mean, they do get yeah. lots of entries, don't they? And they yeah. a few awarded. So that's great. Brilliant. So I guess you must be on the road quite a lot. Seeing people and saying, I am. <laughs> "Tell us about that." Um, well, it, it, it's a relationship business, or you know, businesses, relationships, and relationships are business, aren't they? So, um, and being a, a smaller company, our clients expect to see, you know, the heads of the business, of and so do our employees as well. I think they, yeah, I think good businesses um, have good leaders, and I like to think that Brian and I are good leaders. And we have to be visible. So I'm probably driving between 1,500 and 2,000 miles a month. Really? I know some of our ops team are doing even double that. Yeah, so yeah, they might yeah. say, I'm not on the road as much as them. But yeah, our business is spread out. Um, I'm in and out of London all the time. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's important to, yeah. to, to be yeah, absolutely. up front.
So talking of leadership, who have been the people that have inspired you in your career? Um, I think when I was very young, I was a young chef, um, I worked at a hotel where um, there were two brothers, Gary and Michael Katzler, who went on to start Barclay Scott, oh, yeah. which yes. was a recruitment yes. consultancy. Um, and, but they were hoteliers as well, and the family were hoteliers. And I worked in a hotel that they owned, and they were um, very professional, always impeccably turned out. And I, I think, yeah, in my you know, early 20s, I, I learned um, quite a lot from them. And then I, I was, was at Penny Hill Park, as I mentioned before, um, and the chef um, there, it was pre-Michael Wignall days, and so I'm going back to my late 1980s now. Um, and then I think just people in business generally. I think when I was younger, I, I was I used to read lots of books about Richard Branson yeah. and, and entrepreneurs like that. And I think the, the biggest thing I learned was that lots of these people who you imagine are an overnight success are usually not. Yeah. And they've tried and failed and tried and failed, and then they, they succeed. And so I think that that's... Usually, what I say to sort of the, the young, younger people who work for Blue Apple is 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 not be afraid of failure, and you've got to better to try to fail than not try at all. Yeah. It's sort of my mantra. Which surely has to encourage them to be initiating and, and innovating when they're not yeah. scared to yeah. get a telling that goes wrong. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's really important is to to encourage people to innovate and try new things. You know, I, I, when I worked for you know the, a large PLC, um, it, it was very political, and I just felt that people were, um, you know, almost like caretaker managers, and they weren't really innovating or trying to um, improve improve the business for fear of failure or yes. for fear of being yes. reprimanded by a superior. So, um, I'd like to think that all of the employees at Blue Apple know that Brian and I encourage innovation and, and, and new things and don't feel that they have to ask permission to do things you know they've all got to um you know make up their own minds and, and, and try things yeah one of our clients had a um, a part-time person who had an idea that saved them half a million pounds a year so have you got any examples maybe not quite like that but any examples of things that have come from the ranks that you've been able to use well well yammer that i mentioned earlier right. came about um through um, our um, BDM, Sarah Prentice, who joined us from one of our competitors. Okay. And um, that's, that's been quite a renaissance, yes, really. I mean, yes. it, it maybe hasn't you know, resulted in you know, pound shillings and pence in profits and sales, way, but yeah, I think yeah. it's an intangible benefit, yeah. but definitely a benefit in terms mm. of, you know, of culture and business. Yeah, it's great. It sounds like you've got an extremely sound business. What are you most proud of? Um, the people, definitely. I think, <clears throat> you know, I always say to clients that we're a people company before we we're a catering business, um, which you could probably say about lots of businesses. Um, so, you know, we've had um, lots of people who've joined us who've been with us for, you know, many, many years and we've seen them grow um, in the business. And uh, one of our ops team, I, I recruited at one of our units and and she became a catering manager, and now she's an operations manager, running you know multi-million pound 
um, businesses. So I think that's the most you know the re- rewarding thing. Yes, you've got a good eye for picking the right people. So what do you look for? Um, I think you have to recruit on attitude rather than qualifications. Um, I'm always saying to my sons, you know, they, they consider me successful, but I didn't go to university. I was just a chef who worked hard. I think, you know, that's what I love about this business is it's a meritocracy. If, you're willing, if you have passion and you're willing to work hard, uh, the equation is quite simple. You will be successful yes. in, in my view. So I think, you know, you just want people who have passion, you, you know, like-minded people who, who have a will to succeed. And <clears throat> with chefs, it's genuine, a genuine passion for food. Um, you know, if they're not at work preparing food, they're going out eating food or reading about food or reading about it or or watching something on on TV and it's a vocation, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know that contract catering has created quite a lot of very successful entrepreneurs. So what was it that actually made you make the leap? How were you brave enough to (coughs) give up your nice company car or whatever and and start from scratch? Um, I think it was probably with me. It stems uh, from my father because he had his own business, and he, although he was an engineer in a completely different uh, sector, but he um, was successful. So I feel I've got a little bit of entrepreneurial DNA in me yeah. anyway. So yeah. I think it just needed uh, the seeds were there. Just needed some encouragement. Um, I met, you know, Brian Allenson, my business partner, when we worked together. Um, in the larger company and um, I felt we have um, different sort of attributes which together makes us very strong as business partners. I think if you asked our staff and clients about Brian and I, they'd say we're actually very different people and we are very different people. I think, you know, he's the analytical process one on the sort of visionary... people uh, one. Yeah, more yeah. empathetic yeah. one. So, yeah. but together I think we're a really, a really strong team. So I think it was... A combination of it's something I always wanted to do. Oh, did you? I, I met Brian, and um, and then we it was a case of well, let's go for it. I think with us it was premeditated, so we planned to start Blue Apple. I know some people get made redundant, and then they use the redundancy package to start a business, and yeah. they're almost they don't have any other option perhaps but to start in on their own. Whereas yes. with Brian and I, it was premeditated and planned, and. Um, I think, you know, there's a risk because there's a leap of faith. We were both, you know, had young families and mortgages, <laughs> etc. And mm. we both went to um, NatWest and, and borrowed some money to start the business. Uh, we did have some smaller minority shareholders right right at the beginning. Um, but at the end of the day, it was down to, you know, Brian and I starting from his front room and um, just having a lot of self-belief and I think you know we probably had about um, six to twelve months we were going to give ourselves to, to make a success of it or not and so I felt I felt you know at the time I, I never thought we would fail I, and so you've just got to have a belief and you've either got that yeah. or you haven't yeah. and no one can teach you that so um, uh, I think that lots of people have good ideas and and want to start their own business, but then they don't act upon that. And right. that's, that's the difference. So finding the right person, yeah. having the belief. Anything else you've got to advise anybody who wants to do what you've done? Um, just being tenacious and not giving up. Um, like I said before, it is a meritocracy in hospitality. I just think if you've got passion and 
and you're willing to work hard, you, you can make a success of it. Um, get good with people around you. I think um, we've been lucky in that we've managed to have some good people to talk to because at the end of the day, we both trained as chefs. We weren't trained to be finance directors or CEOs. Um, so we've been lucky in that we've been able to get some good people around us. And when we don't know the answer to the question, um, we'll ask someone else. Yeah. And I mean, someone who who was very inspirational for me and helped in the early days of Apple was um, Robin Jones, who yeah. passed away last year. And um, Robin and I, um, you know, used to meet up maybe, you know, just twice a year for lunch. And she was always very uh, willing to help uh, with Apple and likes it its success. And the slightest little uh, thing with it had to do with health and safety, food hygiene, or accountancy packages and software, <laughs> and then I'd be on the phone to yeah. and she'd help me, so yeah. um, she was a big inspiration. So something in the mental, I guess. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay, and I've got to ask the last question, why Blue Apple? Um, good question. <laughs> we originally registered the business as Apple Catering, and then when we went to trademark it, someone said that might not be a good idea, because there's another company <laughs> called Apple. <laughs> called Apple. <laughs> um, and we, we, we went to a marketing agency in Covent Garden, actually, who I'd worked with before. And we, we said we want to start a food service brand. And um, he said, oh, we need to go through this branding exercise and get focus groups. And I said, well, yeah, that's going to cost me you know, 20 grand if you do that. I said, I can give you a panini and a pint <laughs> in the pub around the corner. So that's what oh, I did. Oh, well, good for you. Absolutely. So, so yeah, we, and we, 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 had, we did some you know, mood boards and blue was a recurring theme. Um, and apples because they're fresh and healthy yes. uh, and sort of in English fruit and it, it was um, it just evolved I don't think there was a, a light bulb moment where we said oh we'll call it blue apple it just, it, it just happened mm. and the brand's been reincarnated over the last you know 19 years uh, two or three times so we've sort of updated it yeah. Well, it's obviously served you very well. So, well done you. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you to our guest, Rustin Toms, founding director at Blue Apple Catering. If you want to get in touch with either Rustin or Jane, you can find their contact details on our website, multisitemasters.co.uk. Thanks also to our episode sponsor, Yapster, the mobile chat app for retail and hospitality teams. Some of the UK's biggest retail and hospitality brands are already using Yapster to drive sales, improve job satisfaction and lower staff turnover. To find out more about how Yapster can help your organisation, please visit yapster.info. That's Y-A-P-S-T-E-R dot info. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to welcoming you back for next week's episode. In the meantime, if you'd like to feature on a future podcast with us or would like to suggest a colleague or someone you think would be great on the show, just get in touch. You can email me at producer at multisitemasters.co.uk or check us out through the website. Thanks. <laughs>